I am Jeff Luther and the host of your new favorite podcast, The Inspector Alliance. This is where we'll peel back the curtain and get behind successful service industry businesses to see just what makes them tick. We're going to focus around the home inspection business. That's what I've built. I've owned it for a little over 20 years now. But we'll also include other service businesses that might parallel ours so we can learn more. But the more we know, the better off we are, right? All right. I'm lucky enough to be back here for another fun episode of the Inspector Alliance. Um, and to this point, mostly what we've been discussing has been kind of business and process oriented episodes. Um, the idea was to, to swap these out. Every other episode was something technical and I haven't done as much technical stuff in, in regard to home inspection and service businesses as I would like, I get kind of carried away with the business piece, but this is almost completely technical. It's more about, uh, more about really the home inspection process. It's almost specific to home inspectors in our line of work. There's so many caveats when we, when we do an inspection about just, just weather alone, you know, if we're doing an inspection on a home that has a full basement and hasn't rained, in three or four weeks, the likelihood of us seeing an active leak in the basement is very low. Um, further, uh, we're expected to kind of catch everything. Um, oftentimes when we do get a complaint, people start out with your inspector missed or the inspector missed, or this was missed on an inspection that usually indicates it's something they ex expect us to catch. Uh, and they pretty much expect us to catch everything. Um, I've been doing this for a little over 20 years and I have seen folks do all sorts of things to evade being caught on a home inspection, so to speak, uh, to try and get by uh, a home inspection with as, as little friction as possible. Um, you know, they have known issues in their home that they don't want to come up. I've seen folks spread concrete down on basement floors, kind of a, a concrete powder, concrete dusting to try to absorb water that's coming up into the floor. Um, brand new filters when you're checking HVAC equipment, when the, uh, when the equipment's uh, in otherwise dirty operating condition is always kind of a sign. Seeing kills in closets or, or downstairs in utility closets, utility rooms, particularly when basement walls have been very recently painted. Um, fresh paint on ceilings. I've seen, I've seen water stains covered up. I've seen, um, a, a myriad of things. I've seen water supplies turned off to fixtures that were known to leak, um, all, all sorts of things. And you know, the, what I like to tell folks oftentimes, like if I'm on an inspection and we look at a water heater and we figure out the water heater is 15 years old and they've the, the client might go back and look and say, well, you know, this is on the disclosure, two years. These people are lying. Like, ah, you know, everybody's doing the best they can with the information that they have at the moment. Let's do this. Let's kind of a, let's, let's assume that everyone's honest, but just by virtue of you getting an inspection done, we're going to limit the potential of them being dishonest. So that means we're, we're doing this for you. And we're also doing this for them. Most people, generally speaking, don't wake up and go, you know, how can I be dishonest today? Um, so I like to kind of frame it that way, um, reframe that negative connotation, if you will, is, is part of the delicate dance of doing that inspection. Um, 
it can be aggravating on our part too, on the inspector's part. Listen, you know, we're human, just like everybody else. We still struggled with an Easter egg hunt when we were kids, just like everybody else did. We can't find things that other people can't find. Um, deceiving is deceiving. Concealment is concealment. Hiding is hiding. Whether it's from uh, just your standard layperson, the purchaser, whether it's uh, a home inspector. Um, it's still hiding it from us. What I think gets lost on folks is this. This is our livelihood. This is our job as home inspectors. This is how we provide income. This is how we, um, you know, pay our bills. This is our, um, our means of livelihood. Um, so when things are, are kept from us or things are hidden from us, we act, we suffer too. Not only does the potential buyer suffer because now they own a problem they weren't privy to or didn't have the opportunity to be privy to, um, but we also suffer because our reputation suffers. It appears as though we didn't do as, as good of a job as we could have or should have. So it's unfortunate from that side as well. It's like, you know, I remember that show, you know, Homes on Homes. Uh, I remember watching an episode of one of those shows and uh, Mike Holmes was, I, I think, the main character at the time. But he had a, like a type, some type of crowbar and he was pulling drywall, hitting the ceiling, yanking drywall out of the ceiling. And he pulls this whole ceiling down. You look up, there's a junction box up in the ceiling, you know, an electrical connection is made in the ceiling. And he said, oh, my gosh, you know, look at that. Look at that concealed junction box. I can't believe your inspector didn't tell you about that. Wait a second. It's a concealed junction box by virtue, by virtue of concealed. Isn't that concealed from everybody? Um, so it's just, it's, it's interesting. The expectations change as things are discovered or uncovered or found, if you will, or caught, if you will. So I want to talk a little bit about, about that, about uh, things that get concealed things that aren't readily apparent. And oftentimes these come up in remodels or renovations. Um, some people refer to these kind of, uh, they're synonymous with flipping houses. You know, you, you buy a house for a relatively low price, relatively low uh, by comparison to the market. You keep it for a short period of time. You do um, mostly cosmetic repairs or cosmetic improvements on the property. And you try to keep it for, again, a short period of time, and then you turn it over and sell it in a, in, you know, what would be um, a somewhat desirable neighborhood. Um, and oftentimes that process is done quickly and the proper permitting might not be done on that property. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Now, we subscribe, our company, Home Probe, subscribes to uh, ASHI, that's the American Society of Home Inspectors. So we follow their standards of practice kind of as a minimum in outlining what we do and kind of setting up the rules of the game for the home inspection process. Now, ASHI standards specifically exclude building codes. Uh, I think their standards um, specifically, it's... Uh, Let's see. It's written as such. Uh, the inspector is not required to determine compliance of systems and components with past and present requirements and guidelines, i.e. codes, regulations, laws, ordinances, specifications, installation and maintenance instructions, use and care guides, etc. So we're not responsible for building code. And that's um, 13.2A 
in the ASHI standards of practice. So, so why would this matter? If we're not required to inspect for, for code issues, why would it, why would it matter? Um, and the reason is because trades can easily overlook critical issues by not having someone come behind them for accuracy and completeness. That's, that's really what it boils down to. Now, trades, same, same as kind of what I mentioned earlier, they generally want to do a good job. They generally do a good job and quite often they're pretty intelligent. Um, but just like what I mentioned earlier about home inspectors being humans, trade tradesmen, tradespeople rather, uh, are human as well. Contractors are human. There's a potential to make mistakes and having someone come behind you to check you is pretty critical. Um, things like smoke detectors, ventilation, uh, insulation requirements, missing sections of insulation, HVAC return requirements, air ventilation requirements, thermostat requirements, um, things that might get overlooked in that process. So for us as home inspectors, we know there are bare minimum items around some of these things that I've mentioned. Uh, for example, let's say that we're, we're in a home and uh, they've replaced, they've, they've left hardwood floors in and now they've put carpet down. So that carpet's gonna have a, a bigger rise uh, on the, than the hardwood floor. So it's gonna be closer to the, the bottom of bedroom doors. So maybe when you shut that bedroom door, it might even rub the carpet. There might not be a gap there at the bottom of the door. So that door gets totally sealed off pressure wise. Um, and there's no return in the sleeping areas. The return may only be out in the hallway. Uh, I know I have teenage kids and they like to close their door, get some privacy from the rest of the house. Um, I know no one can identify with that, right? Teenagers going off and closing the door in their bedroom. So, so they'll close that, close the door. Then their room becomes pressurized if there's no return in there. So you can't force any more air once that once that room has filled up with that pressure and i don't mean pressure like their ears are going to pop um just there's no airflow through that room so it becomes pressurized what you're required to do is have a minimum two inch gap trimmed off at that door so that way you create airflow going through that room um so that might be something that would come up in your municipal inspection if you pull proper building code or I'm sorry, if you pull proper building permits and you're, you're building to code and you're getting that done through the municipality, they're going to do checks along the way to make sure we're meeting those minimum code requirements. And that is, that's not a safety issue. It's more a comfort issue. Um, let's say that it's winter time and we've shut that bedroom door off. It might be 20 degrees outside. Uh, and the heat is on in the house. It's going to pump that airflow to the easier areas of the home where it has the least resistance. And it might even stop flowing the heat into that sleeping area where the door is closed and we have no airflow. And that room's going to be significantly colder in the winter and significantly warmer in the summer because we're not getting that airflow in there. So, so that is why those things might be important. So when we see simple things on an inspection, uh, like missing smoke detectors, you know, now you're required to have a smoke detector in every sleeping area and adjacent to, so you might have to have a smoke detector in the bedroom as well as out in the hallway. Um, and, and a lot of times, and those are hardwired smoke detectors with battery backup, oftentimes during that renovation process or that, uh, that remodel process, that's not done. 
particularly if they're pulling like a general repair permit as opposed to an extensive electrical permit. So when we see those minor things, uh, missing smoke detectors would be one. Um, sometimes when they finish out an attic space that was, when they finish an attic space into living space, uh, you might not have a light switch at the top of the stairwell. You might have it at the bottom from the existing uh, living living condition that was there before, just that light switch down at the bottom. Uh, that would be the attic light. Um, missing bathroom outlets. You remember the, the, the pink tile bathroom, the pink toilet, the pink tub, the pink seat. Uh, I'm sorry, the pink seat, pink sink. Um, the older bathroom, and there was just one receptacle, and it was up in the actual light fixture over the sink. So now we've modernized that bathroom. We've taken that old one bulb fixture out and put in, uh, you know, like um, a modern bar, a modern light bar, or something along those lines. Doesn't have that light switch. Well, now there's no receptacle anywhere in that bathroom, and it's overlooked until it's time to plug in the hair dryer. And what buyer is carrying a hair dryer around with them when they're out looking at houses, right? They're just going and look at the bathroom and look at the finishes. Um, missing countertop receptacles in the kitchen. So now in the kitchen, countertop receptacles required every four feet and also on any countertop space that is 12 inches wide or wider. Now it's every four feet because typically the cord length on a blender or a countertop appliance is going to be about two feet. So you don't want to be anywhere on that countertop and not be able to use that appliance. And then of course, any, any counter space that's 12 inches wide or wider, you would want a receptacle there so that you would be able to plug in any countertop appliance on any countertop wider than 12 inches in that kitchen. Um, and, and previously that was not a requirement. So when we do that kitchen remodel, they're just using the existing receptacles there if they didn't pull the proper permit. Um, Exposed wiring at garbage disposals. Oftentimes, times in the past weren't, weren't wired for garbage disposals. Uh, you want to have it, and that's an exposed wire, and you want to have at least uh, some, type to, some type of protective conduit on it. Sometimes you might see an extension cord used plugged into a receptacle, which is totally fine. That's just not a, not a, a means of permanent wiring. Um, Non-GFCI protected outlets at, at bathrooms, kitchens, garages, uh, basements, any area where it might be susceptible to being a wet location. Um, so anytime we see those minor things, we do make note of that in our home inspection report. Um, the verbiage that we have decided to use, we would make a note, this is outside the scope of the inspection. However, there has been recent renovation or remodeling to the property. Given the items that were discovered during the inspection process, there's evidence to suggest it is possible the proper permitting process may not have been done through the local jurisdiction. Should this be the case, the implications are there may be latent defects that cannot be discovered during the, a routine visual home inspection. Some municipalities maintain an online database of previous permits obtained for work at the property. We suggest searching this database for the municipality having jurisdiction over this property if it is available to you. Otherwise, we suggest asking the seller for clarification. Because there's not much more that we can do as home inspectors than bring it up and say, hey, this is a potential. And it's unfortunate because it is, uh, it's one of those things, hey, there's a, 
potential problem. I don't know if it's it exists. Chances are high that it does, but I don't really have a good solution for you. Here's some things you may want to check into. We can't do much better than that. The reason this is important is because our experience tells us there is likely to be problems as a result of not pulling that proper permit. The challenge is we don't know which ones and we don't know how bad they may or may not be or how severe the problems may or may not be. Um, what else did they not do? That's the question for us. Um, what if there was what if there was no leak test in the in the shower stall on that membrane? And, and I know this sounds ridiculous. What if there was no membrane installed? I have seen that before where they just put down their mortar bed and start putting tile on top of that. And there's no mud membrane down, or I'm sorry, no rubber membrane down to make that totally waterproof. And it takes a while for that water to finally come through, but it does. What if they're in a flexible gas line through the wall cavity, through a concealed wall cavity that we can't see? Um, what if they, what if they did an extension or a, off the back of the house and there's no foundation drain around the foundation. What if they didn't properly backfill and maybe they even have uh, a poured foundation wall for a basement and they didn't backfill that and that's all going to sink. What if they did an addition and it's brick and they didn't have a proper brick ledge and all that brick ultimately will sink. Um, I lived in a house. Uh, it was one of the, one of the first houses that I bought that I didn't renovate. I lived in that house for seven years before I put a new roof on it. And when they put the roof on, they took uh, a vent termination, I guess, uh, uh, what you, I guess the vent hood on the exterior of the house, uh, the vent termination for the water heater and it pulled right off the roof and there was no hole cut in the roof for the, for the water heater vent. It was gas, uh, gas water heater. And that vent went straight up into the ceiling. And then there was no vent pipe to connect it through the exterior of the house. It was just um, vented straight into the attic space. Um, our job as inspectors is that we want to impart our knowledge uh, from our experience onto our clients that we're working for during that inspection process, right? So we know there's a probability that things were done with little to no insight or oversight, sorry. Um, we know there are going to be issues as a result, most likely, and we know that we can't understand the magnitude, but we do know from experience that it's important to let our clients know, Hey, they might not have pulled the permits. Why is that important? Well, because a portion of this work probably had no oversight and there was no checks and balances, so to speak, nobody to come and check behind. And you may or may not, well, you most likely will have issues as a result, but we can't really tell the magnitude, but they may or may not be significant. So that is something that we come across quite often in, in our world. We operate uh, most of the inspections that we do on single family homes are in older in-town neighborhoods. Um, the the homes there traditionally were much smaller. There's a lot of renovation, a lot of remodeling, a lot of addition. So we come across this with some regularity. So we're well versed in dealing with that renovation, remodel property uh, and the nuances that are associated with those. So I thought I would impart a little bit of uh, our experience on this podcast today, just about that no permit piece. It's important and sometimes you really can't identify 
the bigger issues that may be lying out there as a result. So we have to use kind of those smaller clues to help tell us what the, what the bigger concerns might be. So I hope this is helpful. Um, sometimes we do have folks that kind of try to figure out, all right, well, I know, I know that this is not right. It's not even that big of a deal. I can't believe no one caught it. So hopefully this is enlightening on how sometimes that might happen where there are no smoke detectors in the bedrooms or, um, the, all of the, all of the traps in the home are S traps, or we might have traps in the home that have no vents or no air intake, no air admittance valves. Um, and hopefully this sheds a little light on why. I hope you keep following along. Uh, I'm certainly enjoying putting out this content and it's making me think it's, uh, which is always a plus. And if you like what you're, what you're seeing and what you're hearing here, please click that follow button and I'll look forward to seeing you next time.